Ciao ragazzi and benvenuti to the 35th episode of In the Shadow of Vesuvio. My name is Henry Bell and I am broadcasting a bit closer to the shadow of Vesuvio. This week I am in Gianfranco Zola country. I'm in the middle of Sardinia. Luckily for everybody else, we have, as ever, Michele Borelli at Napoli Tickets on Twitter. Michele, how are you? How is Naples? And how do you feel about us talking together again after many weeks away on our summer holiday? Hello, everyone. I want you to know that this is the second tape because Henry <laughs> fucked it up the first time. He said Zolo, and then he got self-conscious, and then we started the recording again. But since this podcast is not about having things perfect, Indeed. I will mention it. Every time we do a double take, we, I will mention it all the time. So yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm okay. I didn't know you were in Sardinia. That's why I, I felt so wrong all of a mm. sudden, right? Like yeah. the negative energies you were spreading from Sardinia. I didn't know that. I didn't it's know true. you were in my country. See, si, sono in Sardinia. There you go. My Italian's really coming on, isn't it? Wow. Masterpiece. So... It's been a summer where nothing happened for most of the summer, and now everything has nearly happened. So for people listening, we're recording this on Wednesday. We were going to wait until there was a bit more news about Ossiman's contract and um, Zelensky and Vega signing. But then we realized that if we were going to wait for that, we would probably never broadcast anything ever again. So... Apologies in advance if you're listening to this for some up up to date news. Obviously, Michele, like we're so plugged into the club, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. I, we, I have we got a lot the, of yeah, a lot of sources. A direct line to ADL and um, Mario Rui. Well, actually, well, Mario Rui has signed a new contract, so that's a big a big moment. So what we're going to do this week is we're going to just do look ahead a bit, uh, talk about some things that have happened. We've got four questions from y'all which is very exciting, one of which is going to be very provocative for, for dear Michele. I can't wait for that. Uh, but before we do anything, what is number 35 in the Napoli Tombola? Number 35 is a little bit ambiguous because, you know, at first sight is innocuous, it's innocent. But, you know, it can be some kind of innuendo. So number 35 is, and that's what we like, right? That's what we like in this in this podcast. We live number, that, yes. Yes, number 35 is the bird, Lucello, Lucelluz, Lauscheluz in Neapolitan. And not many people know that Lucello, the bird, is another way of you know, referring to the male genitalia in Italian. Indeed, indeed. So, because if I find a way to make it dirty, I will, I will, I will, I will go for it. So, yes. Lauscheluz, Lauscheluz. It's not really, not really, you know, that dirty. But I mean, that's what we have. And yeah. I will never look in the sky in quite the same way. Okay, <laughs> I just everyone just imagine instead of birds, there's little little flying members. Uh, there you go. That that's yeah. a thought for you all. So I can't wait go. for I can't wait for when we get to the fish. Then you'll <laughs> so never you're... guess what the fish means in Napolitan. <laughs> Well, I shall leave that. I won't table. spoil it. I won't spoil it. How, how far away are we from, from, from the fish? <laughs> Probably doesn't even exist. I don't know. I can't remember. Unfortunately. Still, uh, okay. I'll find a way. I'll find a way to mention it sooner or later. I guess this isn't just about football. This is about language and culture and experience. It was so highbrow, aren't we? Um, so, yeah, we won the um, Scudetto last season, McKelly. Do you remember? What? Yeah, I know. Um, so, my first question, very broad question is just what's the feeling in the city of your mates and your family and stuff about about next season it's been a funny one isn't it like i i still don't quite know how i feel about anything um so you're over there are people thinking right skedaddy too or are people thinking like let's just enjoy it and hope the fun players don't leave or just what's the general atmosphere and feeling obviously you'll know a bit more once you've been in the curva on Saturday, or is it Sunday? I can't remember. But um, we play away on Saturday. Oh shit! Of course. God, that's a good start, isn't it? Plastic. <laughs> you said once it. You've, once you've watched the game with some people, so what? What? What are the vibes in Naples? 
You know, I think a lot of people aren't ready for the for the new season yet. I'm feeling a lot of kind of like exhaustion in a way. Like people are kind of tired from last season still. And, you know, there hasn't been any big signings so to, to get us excited. Obviously, we want the Scudetto and you know, people want to see Napoli play. I'm not saying that people aren't looking forward to next season. They are, which in fact is reflected by the new season tickets sold um, just last month. So it's basically basically sold out. So 25,000 season tickets sold. Whoa. And how does that compare to last year? Last year was, they haven't released the official numbers, but some people say 9,000, so we will say 11,000. So I would say it's between 9,000 and 12,000. Probably 11, probably 11,000, yes. So yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty amazing. crazy. Yeah, they increase, yeah, they raise prices as well. So so it's quite, uh, you know, like, yeah, the, the appealing sections sold out in like one hour. So yeah, a lot of people are excited for next season, but I also feel like, you know, after having accomplished what we accomplished, um, there is no sense of, you know, let's, you know, let's show them what we're capable of, you know, let's show them what we can do. You know, as people are kind of, I think, a little bit tired. I think when you don't have any games on, it's hard to put yourself into it, no? Because it's like, yeah. just too abstract. And again, without a, like without a game or a proper signing, it's just, you know, like I'm still content. But I'm also sure that once Napoli starts playing and once we start looking at table and maybe we are like behind Inter, Juventus or Milan or whatever, or like we are above them, then everything will come back to normal. So for now, I think I would say probably I would summarize it that sleepy. You know, I think the, hmm. you know, everyone is still a little bit like tired and sleepy. Also, we are in the busiest week in terms of vacations of the whole year. The Ferragosto. Ferragosto, yes, exactly. The Ferragosto week. So, so yeah, people, you know, we are four days uh, away from the first game, but I think I think people are still thinking about beaches and swimming and and you know vacationing and relaxing. But you know, we'll, we'll get like there. It. Yeah, I think um, I think that's a really interesting point, and I think there's a couple of things that I was just thinking when you were talking. One is that I think because we were so far ahead for such a long period of time, really after the 5-1 Juve, even though we were superstitious and we didn't want to, it was kind of sealed by then. It was such a long build-up, wasn't it, to the thing actually happening. And that, even when I was there, there was still, a, everyone afterwards just seemed completely exhausted from the kind of multiple celebration and all that kind of stuff. And presumably that went on a bit into the summer too. And I suppose that tells us, doesn't it, what Rudy Garcia's main sort of objective needs to be starting this job is that that's going to, part of that attitude inevitably is going to be in the squad. As you said, we haven't signed a whole bunch of new players. We haven't got rid of that many. Kim, that's about it, really. Um, He's got to motivate this team, isn't he, to come out because actually opening the season away at a newly promoted side is a classic banana skin, isn't it? If they go out there complacent, they're going to lose and then everyone's going to start to kick off again, don't you reckon? Yeah, definitely. No, it's, I think you know, everyone would have liked Spalletti to stay, but in a way, I think it's also good that we change a little bit. You know, the fact that Spalletti said, I'm tired, it actually says a lot about what we accomplished. No? And yeah. it, it is a little bit disappointing in a way because it's kind of like a provincial you know, way of looking at things like, oh, wow, it's so difficult to win in Napoli that after you do, you need a one year, one year rest, you know, to just recover from it. It's kind of, I mean, it, it is true. I mean, it is the reality. I feel tired that I wasn't on the pitch. I was just on the set, on the exactly. set. So, so I totally understand it. But it's still, you know, it's kind of disappointing and sad to realize that, you know, it's, uh, we are kind of, we are at least for now, but we are one of those clubs where you win and then you need to rest because if you win, winning is not normal, and you know you need to recover from such a big effort. Uh, sure. That's why you know hiring Garcia, which I'm not really sure about because I'm I mean I don't know anything about the Garcia, but in general, 
the decision of hiring a new manager, I wouldn't say it's a bad decision. Probably would have been good to even sell a few more players. This might be controversial because Ooh, I would yeah. getting that hot take in. It's yeah. hot in Italy. It's 31 degrees here. What is it over in, in, in Naples right now? Yeah, about the same. It's not unbearable, but yeah. But but that take is much hotter than that, Michele. Yeah, I know. I know. I, I don't know who I would I would sell. Like I'll, I'll be honest, when Zieliski was rumored to go to Saudi Arabia. I was like, mm, I'm sad about it because I'm, you know, on a personal level, I, I love Zieliski. He's been here for so many years. But then I was also like, <laughs> you know what? Yeah, seems about right. Brutal. Yeah, I know, I know. Modern football for you. There you go. He's got, he's what, ninth in the all-time appearances. He's got, he's what, 300 and something odd appearances for Napoli. One of the last remnants of the, the DNA of the club, Hamsik's air, and that's it. Get out, get out of my club, says McKelly. Well, not not quite like that, but still, you know, like don't forget <laughs> how we won the scudetto. We won the scudetto because a lot of our players left. True. A lot of our players left, and De Laurentiis himself said, even some players said over the year, the season, they said, you know, we actually are playing that well because the you know the the atmosphere in the dressing room has changed. There were some toxic players. I don't think I don't think they were actually toxic, but he said, you know, some players were kind of tired. You know, they tried of they tried winning here and they we they failed, we failed. Mm. And uh, you know, it was time for a you know for a you know a Pino Danira would say the air must change. Beautiful. The air, yeah, Laria Sardacagna. You know, like you open the window. Well. What? Sorry? You gotta sing it for us as well. Come on, Michele. No, I will not sing it. No, no. Right. but no. You don't you don't deserve it. Tanto Look at that. The the eye contact when you sang that was a bit much for me. I might have to have a little little lie down, Michele. We'll be right back then. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean I think again, really interesting because we sat here a year ago. And we were talking about what to happen, what was going to happen. And you were like, it's, the, it's, it's all unproven. Who knows? It could be a stroke of genius. It could be an act of grotesque folly. We just don't know. And it ended up all right. My question is, can you do that every year? I don't think you can. And we've got a kind of new core who have experienced something that no one has experienced for 33 years. I suppose in theory, it gets easier the more you do it, like many things in life. Um, and if we are to compete for the Scudetto, which I hope we will, uh, like you, I'm not convinced about this coach, weirdly. I think, yeah, if Spalletti struggled to handle the pressure, I don't know what Garcia is going to do. But I'm hoping it'll be a bit easier this year. Would recording with it, there's like heavy rumours that Znitsky isn't going to Saudi Arabia, He's rejected a, f- a times five pay increase, which I think is incredible. One of my favorite moments of the summer was seeing Zanitsky's reaction to the giant Morales uh, to him. Did you see that video, Michele? I think I did, yeah. Do you know where it is in the city? Mm, no. It's your homework for next week. Yeah, exactly. I have to uh, it up, yeah. I'm a big fan of him, but yeah, maybe there could be some more sprucing of the squad. Um, okay, let's get. We got four questions from listeners. Let's do. Let's do those, and then I've got some stuff that I want to talk to you about about next season. So, on our Twitter account at Shadow of Vesuvio, we asked some questions, and I got them up in front of me. One of them I'm absolutely desperate to ask you, but I'm going to do this chronologically. So the first person, Tom Dixon at King Shrimper. Uh, cheers, Tom big supporter of the show much appreciated he asks us with Danso and Kilman mooted as possible Kim replacements and then us signing a budget option in Nathan is that how you say his name I don't know Nathan um, I guess I don't know Nathan what are your thoughts big shoes to fill should we have paid out for someone else or do you think this will be another example of genius scouting by Napoli yeah that's really hard so one of the things you need to understand about me is that I watch, I think I mentioned it a few times. I watch little to no football outside Napoli. So I obviously no one knew about Nathan because I mean, 
he came from Brigantino. What up, what's up, Brigantino? I mean, no disrespect to the Brazilian league, but I mean, we don't, we didn't know about. It. I didn't know this team existed until we got linked to Nathan. Um, I didn't know about Kilman and Danso, and you know, the thing is, Napoli's uh, scouting and Napoli's recent signings makes it very hard to judge new players, new signings because. I mean, we have the shows, we have the recordings. When we signed Clara Scalia and when we signed Kim, I mean, I didn't say they were bad, but I said, I mean, who knows? You know, we, we don't know about... You did very well about that. You're very grown up about it. I think I was a much less happy. But it's true. Like, the whole Mercato is just such a waste of energy because we just yeah. don't know. And we'll know in, like, a few weeks. Like, we'll know, won't we? Yeah, exactly. Um you know, some people are debating whether Nathan is going to be Kim's replacement or if we're going to uh, put Ostigard or Juan Jesus in Kim's position and then Nathan will be, you know, our like just a sub. I think Napoli doesn't really buy subs for 10 millions. So we paid mm. a lot of money for a Brazilian player coming from the Brazil League. That's, the, that's what, that's what strikes me, struck me as a little bit weird. For this signing, usually, you know, when you sign someone from the Brazilian league, from Argentina, unless they are super big, like Neymar at the time, or like, um, or like Vargas, Edu Vargas, obviously we all remember him. <laughs> legend, <laughs> you don't really, club legend. Club Turbo, man. We don't really pay, you don't really pay 10 millions, right? 10 mm. million is a lot of money, especially as a center back. They're not even attackers. Usually you overpay for forwards you don't overpay for center backs so i would say 10 million is a lot of money and i don't think we would pay that much for a sub so i would and be I think his style of play as well yeah I mean, well, raf and raf on the rant were talking i think this is a good point that there's been the, the whole energy from adl has been continuity so he's hired a coach with that, not necessarily a great reputation, but who is going to play 4-3-3 or close to it in a similar style to Spalletti. I think some of the midfield that we're looking at, again, is just creating some cover to, to slot into the roles that Lobodka, Ongisa and Zelensky fulfilled. And I think from what I can get, I mean, it's hard to tell, isn't it? Because YouTube is just stupid yeah. that you've got someone in this Natan fella who can do because the contrast between Kim and Rachmani was I thought was really good last season they're quite different defenders aren't they so I think so and they chucked Cavada Scalia straight in I think they'll they'll do it again I think what's the feeling amongst people you've spoken to about maintaining this kind of transfer policy which I think is a sort of good point that Tom raises Despite I mean, the fact we're champions, despite the fact that actually financially we've got we've got the clout. Are people frustrated that they want big signings, or is it kind of there's kind of faith in the process because of last season? You know, it's kind of funny because obviously everyone wants big signings. Like no one will say, Oh no, you thank you. I don't need, I don't really need, you know, like even the smaller ones that we're targeting, but that we might pay a lot of money for, like Gabri Vega or Cop Miners or this kind of play. Noah will say, no, thank you. We don't need those. Um, then again, we won a Scudetto with one of the most uh, underwhelming transfer markets ever, right? No one was like, it, like there were, there were actual banners uh, around Napoli last summer, just criticizing De Laurentiis and the club for signing Kim and Claraskelia, and people were just telling him, go away, go away. Uh, because of those signings. And then we won a Scudetto and I mean, we know Kim was elected the best defender of the league and Karaskelia the best player of the league. So that's yeah. kind of funny. So if someone says, oh, why did we sign Nathan? We don't need this kind of players. Then obviously someone else will just come up and say, I mean, did you know anything about Kim? Because why? Did you know about Karaskelia? Do you know about these players? And mm -hmm. the answer is no. I mean, no one knew about those and we succeeded. So... Um, and part of this as well, you'll know more about this than me because you're there. But the the two scouts that have stayed, because obviously Jim uh, Tully's gone off to Juve Merda. I can't remember their names now, the two scouts, but they're... Micheli and Mantovani. Yeah, there you go. And they're really seen as 
the best in the business as well. And they they seem to have been a little bit more prominent, or maybe people have just caught up to it now. Um, and so there's got to be a bit of faith in that, I think. Um, what's your personal feeling on it? Are you just like, let's just see how this plays out? It went all right last season. Like my first, inst- my first instinct is, what the fuck is Nathan? And what are we? Why are we paying ten millions for for a player from Brigantino in Brazil? But then the rational part of my brain comes and said, again. Did you know anything about Kim? So, and also, again, we are still very satisfied. And from last season, we won the Scudetto. So, um, there is no sense of, how to say, like revenge in a way. You know what I mean? Like, like for example, two years ago, after we lost the league to Milan, to a, a Milan side that I didn't really like, there was this feeling of, wow, we could have done it. You know, like how many times we ended the season with the real feeling of, we actually could have done it because Milan didn't feel better than us two seasons ago. And now, obviously, there is no feeling. Now there is like, okay, there's no one better than us. I mean, there was at least no one better than us. We won the league. We don't have the sense of, ah, oh, but, you know, like this season we have to do it. And it's still weird because as a Napoli fan, that's my default mode, you know, like over the summer. It's my default. It's like, oh, yeah, no, we failed last season, but next season. Ah, you'll That's see why it feels season. so strange, isn't it? It's like yeah. completely uncharted territory, right? Exactly, exactly. It's exciting times. So yeah, no. For now, I think most people are just waiting in a wait and see mode. You know, let's see what happens. Let's see what patience we from the Napoli fan base. What next? I mean, crikey. we have to. We have to. Um. So then, a few days ago, I tweeted out again. I said, "Tomorrow we record. Any questions? First bit. Compliments you want to give us." Thoughts you'd like to share? Positive gelato experiences? Because I had this incredible experience in Sardinia, Michele, because our famous cone versus cup debate that happened last year. I went to Ogrosolo, which is a small village with lots of brilliant communist street art. I thoroughly recommend it. Um, and I was given a gelato in a wafer cup. Not the UEFA cup, a wafer cup. So it's a cup made out of the same stuff as the cone. Game changing. Have you experienced this, Michele? I have not experienced it. And I was, when I saw the picture, yeah, I kind of rejected it at the <laughs> beginning. But then I, the more I thought about it, the more I, uh, the more I accepted it. I was like, yeah, maybe, you know, maybe I could try it. Maybe it could be a good compromise. There is a huge debate in my friends group between people who go, would just get a cone at the ice cream shop and people will get a, just the cup and i'm a big cup obviously cup lover and just you know like people who get the cone they are so smug and they're so snob they judge everyone who doesn't get the cone because the cone is the pure original gelato you made such a good point you you converted me because you get the melted goodness and it doesn't go all over your hands and the cone the corner is just an industrial product you know, like you can get yes. an artisanal gelato and that's what you should get. If it's not artisanal, if it's not made in the shop where you're buying it from, then it's usually it's quite bad. But the cone, they don't make the cones. The cones are bought wholesale. And exactly. So, I mean, what are you bragging about? You're just buying, you're just eating. Sometimes they even like they taste like cardboard, you know, like they're, yeah, they're crunchy, but well, nothing special about them. So yeah, Excellent. I'm a big cup lover. Uh, I won't judge too much about con enthusiasts, but maybe silently I will. Be like going to a Michelin star restaurant and asking for ketchup. You know, whilst we're on it, what your what's your gelato recommendation in 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 Naples? What's your favorite place to go? We did talk about this last year, but I mean, there's a lot I, of good places to be fair. Yeah, I don't have. Uh, you mean a place or a uh, flavor? Well, give me both. I was going to think place, but let's get let's get the exclusive on Michaela's favorite. I think Bilancione in Posillipo is quite nice. Bilancione, but it's not very easy to reach by public transport or foot. I think you kind of need a scooter or a car. You can get there by by car, by by bus. Hipster choice. That's good. I'm happy with that. Yeah, it's quite nice. It's a nice. It's also it, I, I like it because it's quite. It's very good. It's a very good gelato, and it has an amazing view. Of the whole, the whole goal for Naples from there because it's on the hill of Posillipo. It's really nice. It's nice. really beautiful to eat it there. 
Uh, in terms of flavors, I don't have a favorite flavor. I would usually get something that, so if I go to the ice cream shop and they have something that they only, like their personal, you know, like customized flavor, I would usually, if it's like chocolatey, I would usually get that one. So I don't really like the fruit flavors. I like the yeah. milk-based flavors. So There's the, a time and a place because if you're dehydrated, a fruit sorbet as we probably call it over here but i agree i agree okay this is strong so in response to this we got a, a tweet from pete at no limit soldier his question i'm afraid is out of date now what's plan b if Zanitsky goes it seems like Zanitsky's not going but thank you for asking the question um his response to our request for compliments is good job thank you pete thank you thoughts you'd like to share you can't climb the ladder of success with your hands in your pocket it's an interesting idiom there. You can't climb the ladder of success with your hands in your pocket. Perhaps this is a response to Napoli's Mercato, that we need mm. to be lavishing money with the increase in, in um, revenue. And then the gelato is chocolato e pistacchio, which I think is a winning combination. Yeah, Weirdly, the best pistacchio ice cream I've ever had was in Sarajevo in Bosnia. Anyway, oh, wow. um, here we go. Liam of Kurvaji, Glasgow, Napoli, at LJMC underscore 91 says, with ADL boasting from Na Napoli to the world, does Michele see any actual improvement in the corporate merchandising area of the club? This is from a fan in the UK who can't buy merchandise from eBay, the club's global partner, as I live outside of Italy. How long do I have? Do I have five hours to speak about this? Go for it, because there's like another ADL question of this, which is going to knock your socks off. So, okay, first of all, I mean, thank you, Pete, for the, uh, for the question, the previous question. Uh, yeah, we already covered the Zieliski thing, but I think just to quickly answer it, if it does end up leaving, it doesn't seem likely now, but if it does end up leaving, apparently we're going for Cop Miners of Atalanta. So, yeah, that's the, apparently that's the plan B here. You had three amazing games last year, and now everybody thinks he's the best. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's also very expensive. Yeah. Uh, as for the merchandise question, this is something I've been obsessing about for the past like 15 years. It is crazy to me, crazy how a club this size puts such a small effort on merchandising. So I was in um, Copenhagen when they released the new shirts. And I was walking with my girlfriend in a Copenhagen park, like very nice near a big castle. It was beautiful. It was like something like 9 p.m., 10 p.m., but it was still bright because obviously Copenhagen has longer days compared to Napoli. And I was with my girlfriend. So we're walking in this park and I was with my YouTube live from the shirt presentation while we're working in the bar. She said nothing about it. She said like, do you really need to do it now? But it was like a genuine question. She was like, can't you maybe do it like later? And I was like, look, this is like a dream of mine. Like later, later out of the shirt is a dream, like a lifelong dream. And the Scudetto on the shirt is a lifelong dream. And both happening at the same time is just orgasmic to me. So I need to watch this. And I did. And uh, it was interesting to me how they, you know, the new sponsor, the eBay sponsor and the eBay representative was present at the show. Yeah. And that was very nice. It I made me laugh a lot when De Laurent, I don't know if you guys caught that, but I think that was the highlight of the presentation for me when De Laurentiis, um, you know, like he, he, he spoke for a long time, but he, for the most part, he followed a script, but he can't just resist himself. He can't help himself. So after a while, he went off script and he said, you know, we should do something for American fans because it's not, it's not easy to get shirts to America. So he talked to the eBay representative and he said, you should think about opening a manufacturing plant in Mexico to manufacture Napoli shirts and send them to U.S. customers at a reasonable price. And it was very funny to me because eBay is not a manufacturer. eBay is a marketplace. And that's what the representative said. She, I mean, she was kind of in disbelief. But you can go on YouTube and watch it back because it's a really funny moment. And she said, uh, 
you know what? I mean, maybe you should ask your daughter about this <laughs> because we, have, we really can't do that. So she kind of dribbled oh. the question because it was an awkward question. But she basically said, you know, like, this is not our responsibility. This is your responsibility. We don't, we don't make stuff. We just sell it. Yeah. So this is, this is Napoli. You know, this is our club. Uh, there is no plan. Like, this is the extent of our plan when it comes to making shirts available in the U.S., asking eBay to open a manufacturing plant in Mexico. It is extremely funny, especially this season, because the official motto of the new shirts and the whole merchandising marketing campaign is from Napoli to the world. And it's very funny to me because, I mean, I imagine there's an asterisk at the end of it and it's like from Napoli to the world and then you read, you know, at the bottom and says, if, if by word we mean just, just Italy. Yeah, Campania, basically, yes. So, yeah, yeah it's... Uh... It costs us, I think, 18 quid in postage to get the to get the shirt if you're in the UK, something like that. Like, it's a lot of money on top of what's already quite an expensive shirt. Does look beautiful. I don't know. There's a photograph of uh, Cavalli Scalia wearing it, and I'm like, yes. So, Although my good friend Emmett said that the logo is too high, and I think he might be mm, right. Yeah, he might be right about that. I am personally, I'm waiting for the Champions League version because the Champions mm. League version usually has uh, smaller sponsors, and I'm hoping that they will get rid of the three-color neck, which I really don't like. So hopefully they get rid of that, and uh, yeah, I'll buy that one. But uh, in terms of merchandise, in terms of, you know, selling merchandise, they opened a new Napoli store in the center of Napoli, which is something I've been saying for years and years and years. We need a a huge Napoli store in a touristic location. So they opened it very close to the Lungomare, but it's a very small shop. It's extremely small. It seems to me it's kind of like a, I don't know, just kind of like a window. You know, it's a way to showcase our products but not really an efficient way to sell them because it's a very small very small shop and they also close while they opened a new one they also closed another one which was in a like in a shopping mall in the caserta province it was very small and ugly so i mean it's not wrong to Mm. close it but it's funny because i thought we're finally going from two official source to three official source but no we're going from two to two just a different location. So this is, you know, Napoli. So class- frustrating. Because just think how many new fans there are going to be worldwide because of last season. I mean, yeah. you know, we talked about this, but I mean, I, you know, it used to be my private vice being a Napoli fan or Serie A or whatever. But like, it's been such a overlasted, like so many people, like the students I teach or my colleagues or even like family members that have no interest in football suddenly are texting me saying, oh, I see Napoli beat Juve 5-1 or whatever. There's okay. going to be God knows how many people. I mean, you're the business graduate, not me and Michele, but like there must be a, a huge amount of people and they only have two shops. I know a lot of things aren't in shops these days, but that's, that's not smart growing, is it, from a commercial perspective? Yeah, no, I agree. And it is funny to me that a lot of people are in disbelief, like like you now, no? And I get a lot of questions about it, like, but why did they choose? A lot of people ask me, especially from abroad, they said, oh, but why did they choose to open just two stores? Why isn't, why isn't there a store like somewhere else in Napoli? And they think it's deliberate. They think it's a natural decision a that strategy. they made. Yeah, strategy, but it isn't. That's the thing. That's funny. I think, at least for me, my opinion is that it's just, it's, you know, they're incompetent. That's why I think they don't know any better. That's that's the thing. We are slowly, very slowly getting better, but like not remotely quickly enough. So Mm. I think, I think, uh, yeah, that's, that's what's happening. I understand the frustration. It is what it is. Um, uh, well, yeah, it's very, it's very I think frustrating. It's like um, everything is sold out too, apparently. Like a lot of, yeah, yeah, no, you can't really get a shirt, you can't yeah. really get one. Um, yeah. I'll still get one when I'm over there. Uh, what would you say to somebody who just got married in, in Naples? Like, how would you say congratulations? What would, what would be the thing that you would say? No, there is no particular Napolitan expression for it. Auguri, well, Liam, auguri. auguri. why? Well, we got Liam married. Got- 
Liam got married a few, a few days ago, so I would like to say Agore to Liam. And, uh, you know, congratulations, man. Who's Liam? The guy who just asked the question, mate. Ah, Liam, Aguri. Viva gli sposi, viva gli sposi. Congratulations. There you go. Um, okay, and the last of listener questions before I'm going to ask you a couple of things, and then we'll get to our Neapolitan expression, is we have a question here from Raffaele at Raffaele Sons. Is ADL the best Presidente Napoli ever had? Do I have to answer this? Yes. <laughs> Can I just say that I am not really familiar with all the Napoli presidents of the history of the club. So I know a little bit about Ferlaino, obviously, because he was the he was been a Napoli president for a long, long time. And he was uh Napoli's president when we bought Maradona and stuff. Loved and loathed an equal measure. Yeah, I would say if it's a serious question then i would say um you know is that really no I, okay seriously seriously i thought about it a lot it's hard for me to compare but even just the generic question is de Laurentiis a good president i think it's a very serious question and it's not that like a lot of people just say yes because we want him as win. yes okay but he i think was also quite lucky in some ways because he was able to <laughs> he was able to get Napoli at the beginning of the TV rights era. So when Napoli, like before his time, clubs didn't really get a lot of money from TV rights. So it was harder to make money. The thing is, he got Napoli and just by default, Napoli made money with TV rights because Napoli has such a huge following, no? And that is not something that the Laurentiis did. It was something that the Laurentiis bought in a way. Napoli, despite like regardless of the president, Napoli would always would, o- would always have this kind of fans, you know, at least like the like well, the, core. the huge attendances in Serie C. You know? Yeah, exactly. But not just that. I'm talking about the TV rights now because mm. those the, that is where the money is at. So the reason why, like a lot of people say, oh yeah, but he's the guy who brought us from. Serie C to Serie A in just two years, three years. It is true, but it would have been like he bought Napoli and we had zero debt because he didn't really save Napoli. He let Napoli go bankrupt and then he bought it. So he didn't really save it. It just like he recovered it from the streets, literally. And he didn't pay a lot of money for it. It was like a no brainer to buy Napoli. A lot of people wanted to. Um, it was like enough to to do it faster than the others. And Napoli, with that following and zero debts, there was no way Napoli was staying in Serici for more than two or three years. Yeah. Like I remember that Sky Italy bought the TV rights for Serici that year just because Napoli was in it. So, wow. you know, like, yeah, if you don't have that weight, that weight of all the debts which Napoli has accumulated over the years and decades. But Napoli didn't have that because, again, they went bankrupt. In Serie C, you get money from Sky TV rights, so obviously you go up. In Serie B, it's the same. In Serie B, it's the same. You know, that so year... would you, but would you, just to interrupt, so would you say that your feelings well-documented on this show over the past three seasons now, <laughs> have they changed in any way following the Scudetto of last year? Not really. Not really. Like, I don't... Like on a personal level, I don't like De Laurentiis. I think he's very hard to work with. And everyone says that. Um, we can see that with some of the exits uh, in preseason. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I don't really... Um, I mean, I'm not his friend. So I don't need to like him on a personal level. But on the business aspect, I think I don't like the fact that De Laurentiis is a... In Italian, you would say padre padrone. He's the one like he has to control everything. Mm. Like he doesn't delegate too much. Yeah. Like he, like he's been asked a question like a few years ago because Napoli doesn't have a lot of managers, a lot of executives, especially compared to other clubs. And he was asked this question: uh, Why don't you hire more executive, more managers, more people who can handle the smaller sides of the business? And he said, because when you do that, you are not able to control everything. It's very, very hard to have everything under your control. 
uh, and I like to have a slim, to run a slim you know, operation. So everything yeah. can be slim and smooth and simple. That's what he said. And, you know, like on the sports side, it works because that's what he focuses on. Like he's 100% focused on the sports side of things. That's what he puts his efforts on. And you can see that it pays, like, it, I mean, obviously we want to school that and everything. So it pays to have a president who does that. But he ignores and he doesn't have time to take care of the smaller sides, like the smaller aspects of running this business. So Which connects just... to, to Liam's question, actually, exactly. doesn't it? In terms of the, yeah, because if there was a director, executive director in charge of that stuff, it would. And in your studies and experiences of business, how do those companies that are more sort of pyramidic in structure that have a figurehead, like a gatekeeper at the top, yeah. Is that a kind of model for success? Is that what people promote as a way of running a large organization? I mean, it's, up, it's pros and cons, obviously, because he is right in a way that it's harder to control a company with a lot of executives. But I don't think you have a choice. I don't think you have a choice, especially if you have a company which has almost 300 millions in revenue every year. Mm. I don't think I was thinking about this lately. I don't think there is any company in the world which has such high revenues and such a small um, organizational chart in a way so it is funny to me but then again yeah it's uh we lack on the merchandising aspect we lack a lot and we like to be honest we've, we've seen some improvements but again we are seeing some improvements because he put his daughter like literally his daughter in charge of the shirts so like he's not hiring people he's just putting family in charge and now like the new club manager I think it's called Syncopy, Syncropy, something like that. I can't remember the name. But that guy is not someone who got hired randomly or like with a job interview. Like that guy is the Valentina de la Rentis husband or boyfriend or whatever. Oh, partner, let's it's say. like Trump with... Uh, what's yeah, <laughs> that's, that's really funny. Fella. That's um, really funny. So we did hire yeah. someone else in charge of tickets and um, operations in general. I think this guy comes from Fiorentina. And we are seeing some, I wouldn't say improvements, we're seeing some changes when it comes to tickets, season tickets and stuff like that. You know, it's like, it's like a medieval monarch and like the barons, you know, you have you had it in England a lot. It's how we got the Magna Carta was to do with the power of the barons, the kind of broader aristocracy around the king and like medieval history, not just in England, but across Europe, stories of when those barons get too much power or not enough power. And I think, um, De Laurentiis, if he was a medieval English monarch, would be ones that would like to behead barons and, and just have the power of themselves. Um, there you go, Raphael. Does that answer your question? No, but it was quite fun to try to answer it. Uh, <laughs> my toppence, aside from English medieval history, is um, Napoli broke the transfer record, the world transfer record, three times in its history. Um, so there have been presidents that have, have put their money where their mouth is. I think a lot more than ADL, not that that is just a sign of success. Anyway, okay, so th that's our listener questions. Thank you, everybody. Please do keep them coming. Um, and um, we'll, we'll keep doing this. I got a pre-season question for you, Michaela. So I've got a few quick, quick fire things that I haven't prepared you with, so it's always fun. Um, who are you most excited about seeing on the pitch next season? I mean, if we are really about to sign Gabri Vega, then I'm really curious about Gabri Vega. I was, I was very interested about him also because he, it seemed like he would be a new starter. Yeah. But apparently that's not the case anymore. Anyway, if it happens, then I'm very excited about him. I am very excited to see Kelly again because he hasn't really shined in the, let's say, last three, four months of, of the last season. But then again, the whole team didn't. So I want to see, you know, the question is, who's the real Parascalia? The version we saw in the first half of the season or the version we saw in the second half of the season? Yeah, uh, that's I'm very curious about it. And uh, I'm I'd also... love I'd love him to grab it and actually say, look, this wasn't a flash in the pan. Let's go. First few weeks of the season are going to be really interesting, aren't they? Though? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, they, they will be. But it's yeah, a lot of yeah, it's, it's just interesting. We didn't change a lot, I would say. We didn't change almost. Like, if Zeliski stays, then we only sold Kim. Yeah, so, incredible, yeah. really. Yeah. And, for, and the thing that I really want to just talk about before we um, 
move on is is Ossiman, like keeping Ossiman in the context of the Saudi Arabian um, transfers and also Manchester United and Chelsea, I think where his heart is very much in the Premier League is such an incredible bonus, isn't it? Even if it's just for one more year. Um, so I'm really excited about say I forget just how much fun he is to watch. Like you get to go and see him every other week. But when I was over, just seeing him play, I think he scored a penalty. But it's just such an incredible number nine that's very, very, very exciting and impossible to replace. So I think hang on to him. That hasn't been announced. You reckon it's pretty much done, right? You're the voice of absolute truth as well, McKenna. I think, yeah, I think it is. I think it is, yeah. It's, uh, that's, that's the rumors I've heard, at least. I don't want to, again, I love rumors. I don't love speculations. But I love rumors coming from everyday people. You know, like people will say, I think I told you about that. Even it, it works the same way with gossip about Napoli players. If someone comes to me and said, oh, yeah, I know someone who knows someone who says that there are, that Ossiman has just renewed. And yeah, no, I've, I believe you 100%. I don't care. It's, it's just <laughs> yeah. way too much fun to, yeah, I, I, yeah, it's, it's just too much fun. So yeah, I think, I think it's done. And uh, okay. yeah, I'm very excited about seeing Ossiman again. I was, surprised and we have to be very surprised about this renewal because if he's really getting 10 millions a year that's a lot of money that's a lot of money we have, have never, never given anything anyone. close yeah, yeah. yeah not nothing close to it not even close like the most i think was koulibaly and Higuain, who got about six millions yeah six, six and, and, and a half yeah. Yeah, yeah so that's and that was already a lot of money but for us it's so the thing is that 10 million a year is not sustainable for Napoli. So yeah. that kind of makes you understand what the strategy is. one more year, isn't it? Yeah. It's one more. It's got to be one more year. Um, okay. Aside from players, what thing are you most excited about next year? I think I know the answer to this question. Um, well, in general, I'm very excited about Champions League. I am yeah. very good. I'm very excited. Well, of course I am. I am very excited about finally seeing a later, later less shirt on the pitch. So I'm very excited about that <laughs> too. I'm, yeah. I'm very excited about seeing a stadium which is half season ticket holders. That's very interesting to me. I want to see if anything mm-hmm. changes about that. You know, some dynamics. It is very interesting to me that a lot of people would be season ticket holders. So maybe over the months, you know, people will get used to it and it will be mostly the same atmosphere. It's very nice to know. And yeah, no, just, you know, it's, uh, for now, I'm still relaxed and still thinking about past season. We're so not ready, are we? We're so not ready. Yeah. It's so weird it starts at the weekend. Yeah, yeah. It just feels like we're on holiday, doesn't it? Yeah, a little bit, yeah. yeah but I think that's yeah. such a good point about the season to go. Let's keep checking in on that. It's great that we've got you to report back on that. And if you're watching at home, I think everybody, obviously, we won't notice till the first home game, but keep your ears peeled on the old um, broadcast as well. Um, so there we go. A little bit of a look ahead. I think I can't wait just for the game. Once the game start, then we're going to click in and it's going to be super exciting. Um, and we are the uh, champions of Italy, I don't know if you remember, Kelly. Apparently, that's, that's Apparently. what they tell me. We haven't really mentioned it enough. I think, okay, so what's your Neapolitan expression of the week? So my Neapolitan expression of the week is I would not link into the current context. I just like the, the sentence. You can, you know, you can use it like maybe when describing the current transfer market or maybe the hopes for next season. So the phrase is Stortava drittvena. Stortava drittvena. Which in English would be something like, um, how to translate it? It goes, um, like crooked goes straight comes. Maybe. Crook goes straight comes. What do you mean by crook as in a criminal? Or do you mean like something that's slanted? Something that is, yeah, no, no, no. Like physically speaking, something okay. that is not straight. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a phrase that is used to describe something that 
might start as like like looking wrong in a way but then it actually becomes right it becomes oh, okay. correct I get it I get so it's, it. I get it's it. also a way to encourage people to just do things you know like maybe it doesn't have to look perfect or to be perfect just do it and then maybe eventually it will correct itself and it will become what you want it to be so yeah I like this phrase because you know I was thinking about this market a lot of people a lot of people are not really pay attention to it. If they're paying attention, they're not very, you know, happy about it, let's say. Yeah. But yeah, you never know. You never know, especially about Garcia. I know a lot of people are doubtful about Garcia, but you never know. You never know. We kept a lot of players and yeah. we have a lot more season ticket holders, a lot a lot of excitement uh, when it comes to, you know, home games, upcoming home games. So yeah, well, let's see what happens. I'm sure that, you know, that we will wake up from this, Kind of how to call summary it. slumber. Yes, let's yeah, let's call it that. This actually and, really, I really like this expression. It's actually good life advice. Very good in creative creative arts as well. Like if you're thinking of writing a book or writing a song or doing something, the thing that holds you back is starting. Often, I always say to people, I used to work with playwrights quite a lot. Let's just get it done, get the first, and then you can you can rewrite it or you can rework it or whatever. Or it might actually just be the beautiful thing itself. Go on, say it again once more. I like it. I'm going to put this in my soul. Stortava drittaven. Rurit, even someone would say. No better way to, to bring things to a close. Any, any last thoughts before we, uh, we bounce? No, let's see what happens in Frosinone. <laughs> and let's see what happens with the first two home games of the season. I think we really need Napoli back. We okay. really need Napoli back. Even though, even though when I talk to people about it, people are like, uh, you know what? People, when I, I mentioned this, like the fact that we are playing in three days, like in a few days to a friend, and he said, oh, really? Already? And he said it in a, in a, like a tired way. Like, really? We have to go back to it now? And it's funny because we actually won the league last season. Like, if you didn't know, you would think that we finished like 10 or 12 Beautiful. in the league. But it's not like we actually won, but it's just tiring. It's just like all this winning is tiring. We can use that as motivation for the players that they've got to get us excited. It's down to them. Um, right. Okay. Well, it's great to talk. I, d- I have missed our chats actually. So that's one of the highlights I'm looking forward to is being able to talk Napoli with you, Michaela. Um, right. So we can find you at Napoli Tickets, right? On Twitter. That's yes. where you live. Yes. Uh, find me at Henry Belcalcio. This is part of the uh, Far From Vesuvius Network, uh, produced by uh, this show's produced by Rafa Rispo. Thanks, Rafa. Um, Bring it on. Bring on the new season. Take care, everybody. And Forza Napoli. Sempre, sempre. Sempre.